We have another edition of Making Money. The financial coach, Ron Hebert, joins us, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Well, if you look at the calendar, Ron, we've we've done a year-end review, but it's also that time of year. Here we are in January where we got to start thinking about our RSP or our TFSA contributions. So first of all, let's start with the schedule of dates because this is always important. Yeah, this is a strategy show, and probably the the pinnacle of, of a good strategy is making your contributions on time, at least knowing when the deadlines are. So this year, 2022, the RSP deadline is March 1st, 2023. The tax-free savings account deadline is December 31st, 2023. And don't worry too much if you do miss the deadlines. There's carry-forwards now on both TFSA and RSP. So if you don't make the contribution this year, it automatically carries forward uh, to the following year. So what about amounts, Ron? Uh, it, it often changes from year to year, right? Yeah, and the reason it changes is simply the fact that we have inflation, and these plans have contribution levels that are indexed to it. So in 2022, the maximum RSP contribution is risen to $29,210, and tax-free savings account has gone up $500 is currently sitting at 6500 All right. So and, what about and on TFSAs? What if you've never had one? If, if, some, if somebody's never taken the time to open one? Well, there's a real bonus. And especially you'll find that, you know, if you're younger and you've had other priorities, you know, if you turned 18 in 2009, and that's the minimum age for making a TFSA contribution, and you had schooling, and then you had other other things that came up early in your career, and you haven't been able to make one. But now let's say you're established a little bit, uh, you get a big bonus at work, <clears throat> or you win a lottery, or have a hot night on a poker table. You're allowed to carry forward all those past years, and now those carry-forwards add up to $88,000. So if uh, you come into some kind of a windfall, always remember you can put up to $88,000 if you haven't contributed before into a tax-free savings account, and then that money will go forward uh, growing tax-free. So it could be a big bonus. And, and the, uh, the the real bonus there is tax-free. <laughs> Now, in an, R- is- yeah. in an RSP, just for clarification, for if somebody's really new to this, so if you put money into an RSP, it can grow, but the tax gets you when you make the withdrawals at the other end, correct? Exactly. So when you put the money in, you get a deduction. In other words, it goes in tax-free. But when it comes out, it gets added to your income that year, and whatever your tax level is, that gets added on top, and you pay tax on that. So... Uh, the advantage of the RSP is the tax deferral. So if you're young and you put some money in and it sits there compounding tax-free for 40, 45 years before you pull it out, uh, that could be a big bonus to you because typically if you've got money just sitting in a, an investment account uh, and you're earning interest on it, you pay taxes every year. So half of it comes off the top and you're only allowed to reinvest 50 cents on the dollar. Where the money you put in an RSP, it compounds at 100 cents on the dollar until you decide to take it out. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how we go forward on this. Uh, we're in very choppy waters right now, economically speaking. Is that an understatement? I think that is a... a are, are, the waves co- are the waves coming <laughs> over the gunnels yet? <laughs> I would think the waves have been coming over the gunnels for quite a while. And then there's two areas, obviously. 
Uh, there's interest rates, and interest rates have been going up. So we've had a bear market because when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. And uh, we've talked about this on other shows, so I'm not going to get into that. But it looks like inflation is starting to flatten out. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to come down right away. But if it flattens out, uh, we've probably got at least a couple more increases from the Fed and the Bank of Canada and the other major banks of the G20 countries before uh, they finally peak. But now is the time to start laddering either guaranteed investment certificates or triple B rated bonds or look at maybe if uh, that is too complicated for you, buy a bond ETF or a fund that, and the reason with fixed income, you want, you especially want to be conscious about fees because if you're making 5%, you've got a fund that has a 2% fee, you're not taking much home. But a lot of uh, fixed income ETFs now, especially bond ETFs, you can buy them and the fees are like a quarter point. So you end up keeping the bulk of the money you earn. And rates right now are fantastic. I looked at ratehub.com, which is a good place if you like to shop to see who's got the best rates at any given time. And they update that uh, daily. Uh, the rates right now on one to five year GICs are 5%. And I went through and looked at bonds and strip coupons, things like that. Uh, the rates are between five and a half and six and a half percent. You can buy a triple B rated bond or uh, with a credit rating that's even higher and get some very, very good yields. So it looks like yields are flattening out. And so this is a very good time. If you're earmarked your RSP this year to put in fixed income, lock in for longer maturities. With GICs, you can generally go up to five years, but with bonds, you can go out five to ten and some of the ETFs that sort of have an average maturity in that seven to ten year range I think that's a good place to go because you can lock in those higher yields for a long period of time okay we keep hearing the R word um, there's a lot of denial around the fact that we may be in a recession I, I think your belief is we're already there right my belief is that the simplest definition of a recession and it's the one I use for essentially my entire career in the investment world is that two negative quarters of gross domestic product back-to-back signify recession. And we've had two quarters already. Uh, we don't have the numbers yet for the third quarter, but they should be coming out pretty soon. And I think that quarter was also in recession. So we've had three quarters in a row. And of course, on the political front, it uh, really hurts your re-election chances. If you like to mention the R word or you even hint at the R word. So these people that lead our country, they're in complete denial as to what the average person is going through right now. But I, I firmly believe we are in recession and I think it actually bite pretty hard by the end of the first quarter of 2023 going into the second and third quarter. Uh, most of the people I talk to uh, in businesses have definitely seen a slowdown and all you have to do is look at railroad shipments because railroads ship just about everything. And if they are very much, the number of car loads they carry is almost like taking your pulse. You certainly find out what the economy is doing. And in the last quarter, shipments by rail were down. So I think we're in a recession. And obviously, if you're worried that we're in a recession and markets could go down further. Well, if you put money 
into your RSP or TFSA, and that money's earmarked for the stock market, Gord. You know, there's nothing that says that you have to rush in, and as soon as you make a contribution, buy something right now. You can, yeah, you put can your sit money and in a, wait. You can sit and wait. Oh, yeah, right? exactly. And patience isn't such a bad thing. So if you buy a cashable GIC or a money market or something like that and just sit and wait, uh, then you'll get to see what the landscape looks like. If things start to clear up, you know, then lock in. But uh, just uh, putting your money aside and, and waiting is not a bad strategy because things are so very difficult to figure out right now. Okay, so let's uh, let's assume that maybe things turn a little bit. The tide the tide weakens, and and we're ready to make a pounce. We want to go into some kind of security. What's the best formula going forward there? Well, I think it's important to look at security placement. In other words, where are you going to put the securities that give you the best bang, especially tax bang for your buck? And in an RSP, that's a good place to put um, U.S stocks that pay really high dividends. So you have a U.S. bank stock, you have a U.S. utility stock, and you've got yields of 4 or 5 or 6%. Uh, if you put that security in the RSP, there's no 15% withholding tax. In other words, the government doesn't withhold the 15% on, on your income if it's in an RSP. Now, a tax-free savings account's a little different because with a tax-free savings account, if you put U.S. stocks that pay high dividends in there, uh, the government will take away that 15%, and there's no way you can claim it back because uh, the the way the trust is structured in Americans' eyes. So you want to be very, very uh, tax efficient. If you've got stocks that, uh, you know, let's say uh, you find out that one of your family uh, is 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 starting a company and you're you're giving founder shares or, or in in this uh, in the company and then it really takes off and you believe early on that this thing's going to the moon well it's not a bad idea to buy those shares in the tax-free savings accounts because the gains will never be taxed whereas if the shares are bought in an rsp uh the gains will eventually uh be taxed when you take the money out or if you just buy it in a in a cash account the money is going to be taxed upon sale so uh you know if you've got some Big big gains coming. Tax free savings accounts an excellent place to put it. So, what about if you're you're, you're balanced in interest bearing investments? Like, so is that sort of a fifty fifty thing? Or, well, I yeah, I think that's a pretty good fifty fifty thing, Gord. I mean, you t- you tend to want to put your investments where they get the the least amount of of taxation or the most shelter, and so with interest rates <clears throat> up again. There's a lot of interest in putting money in bonds and GICs because simply they're safe. And typically for your safe retirement money, that's often a good home because in an RSP, you don't pay tax until you pull it out. A TFSA is never taxed. So if you're looking at interest-bearing investments this year, those are very good vehicles, both of them, uh, to look at putting money in. Now, I know right now, if you've been paying attention and if you're a you know, reasonably sage investor, you'll note that there's some pretty good things out there right now pertaining to dividends on stocks. And here again, we're not going to get into the technical details, but typically when interest rates rise, and you can look at a safe investment like a GIC, it becomes more attractive. And so more money starts flowing to the safe investments because if you have a choice, you're going to take a safe investment with a good return over a riskier investment with a good return. And so typically when that happens, you see companies that have good dividends, often their price shrinks 
And when the price shrinks, the dividend goes up even higher. And so at this particular moment, we're seeing blue-chip Canadian companies with yields of 5% or higher, and it's been at least 15 years since I've seen these kind of quality companies with these kind of yields. Let me give you an example. I looked at the TSX 60 the other day, which is really the 60 biggest and highest quality companies in Canada, if you want to describe them. And I looked at, I took, I just took five different industries and I looked for the highest yielding stocks I could find in the TSX 60. And what I found was amazing. BCE, which is a large Canadian telco, had a yield of 6%. It's Bell Bank Canada Nova's, for anybody who doesn't know what that symbol is. That's Bell Canada, right? Yeah. Yep. And Bank of Nova Scotia, which is uh, one of the, I think, the third largest bank in Canada, currently has a yield of 6.2%. TC Energy, which is a uh, former TransCanada pipe, has a yield of 6.6%. Great West Life, which is a very conservative uh, life insurance company in Canada, has a dividend yield of 5.9%. And America, Amera, which is a big utility on the East Coast and has, uh, over the last few years, bought some significant uh, electrical generating assets in the East Coast of the United States and also the Caribbean, it has a yield of 5.3%. So you average these five out, and you're getting a dividend yield of 6%. And, you know, with the rule of 72... That means with just with the dividends and not even including or anticipating any capital gains over time, uh, your money, if you put it on dividend reinvestment plan, literally you're going to double the amount of shares you have every 12 years, which is amazing for companies of this quality. Well, and I'm thinking too, Ron, if you, you take the, the pipeline piece there, you said 6.6%. I mean, that's almost inflation. So you're you're not backsliding as badly as you have been in some areas recently, right? No. And, and typically, you know, even with these stocks, if you're very conservative and you say over the next 10 years, what about if they add 2 to 3% per year in value to the share price? So you get a total return, which is the value of your dividends, plus any capital gains that you get, you could very easily see that with these five stocks, it's it's uh, not hard to calculate that with three percent growth a year, which is which is uh, a very very conservative growth rate over a decade, that uh, you could look with a portfolio like this of getting in the range of nine percent a year over a decade, which is for a conservative investment for an RSP is pretty good. So some food for thought in this RSP and TFSA season. Uh, as we say, waters are rather choppy right now, and that's a bit of an understatement. But it is something that you should think about, especially if you're a young person that's getting new to investing, Ron, that this is really important stuff. right? I mean, I, I think back to when RSPs came out myself. Back in the, uh, I guess it was, what, the early 70s, I think, 73, 74, somewhere in there. And yes. I remember talking to our, our mutually good friend, the late Bob Lang, and I said to him, what's wrong with this? <laughs> you know, uh, you, you get a tax deduction if you put money in an RSP and it, it gets a chance to grow and you don't pay the tax till you take it out somewhere down the road. It's, it's just, I think it's a great plan, right? It's uh, really tailored for retirement because frankly, in your high earning years, you get the deduction 
And then in your lower earning years, when you retired and you don't have that income, you can take that money out generally at a lower tax rate. So it's a great plan. Highly recommend people take advantage of it. It's the number one way for people to uh, have enough money at retirement. TFSA is a close second. So between those two, you know, if people just had a reasonable income and maximized their RSP and TFSA, most people with reasonable investing in conservative assets like good quality bonds and some of these securities that we've talked about. I mean, we haven't gone off the end here. You know, I've looked at the stocks. You've got a telco, a bank, a pipeline, insurance company, utility, and I just took the uh, highest yielding uh, stock in the TSX 60 from each one of these five groups, which are all very, very conservative investments. So there is something for everyone, and you don't have to hide under a rock. Uh, obviously, you don't have to invest right now, but there there's some very, very good investments available for you if you look around that are pretty conservative and should allow you to get reasonable growth between now and the time that you retire. I mean, literally, it's the time to start being very uh, cognizant of what's going on because we've got a bear market in real estate, we've got a bear market in bonds, we've got a bear market in stocks. Very seldom do you ever get a bear market in all three at once. So when you get down in assets right across the board, it's a great time to have cash and be able to invest because you can lock in those bargains and frankly, that will take you a long way toward uh, a meaningful retirement when you've bought these assets cheap and they've got a chance to grow over a long period of time. That's why we call him the financial coach, friends. Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. He's been down this road before, I might point out. (laughs) You're laughing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Gord, I look at the negativity, and, and you've got to turn the negativity off because if you're an investor... Having a bear market in real estate, having a bear market in interest rates, and having a bear market in stocks is not a bad thing. Because, you know, you can go for very long periods of time. Sometimes you can go for six or seven years without really getting the opportunity to buy things when just about everything has a 30 or 40% off sale uh, stuck on its price. So these are times to look forward to, not hide under a rock, because these are the times that if you're astute and can actually uh, muster the courage to make the investments, these are the times that really put you ahead of the pack when it comes to saving for retirement and building your wealth. Because most people do not take advantage of, of dips in the market. They buy when it's high. And so if you start looking up at bear markets as opportunities, not as threats. That's the first thing that you need to do psychologically is just change the way you think about this. This is going to be one of the best opportunities we've had in years for you to pick up really high quality assets. All right. We're back next week with another edition of Making Money. And always our reminder, if you have a question for us or a show suggestion, feel free to fire away. Letsmakemoney.ca is our website. It'll come to our inbox. We will have a look at it. might take us a while to put a show together if it's a show suggestion because the homework needs to be done. But we're always open to your comments. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll join you next week with another edition of Making Money. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. 
This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.